Seal and God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. We're talking about the work of the ministry. Not just a person, but the work also. We say we know Jesus and the knowledge of the Son of God, but the know there is not gnosko, just knowing him after the flesh, but also the work that he's doing. We don't know him after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now, if we know the Lord Jesus Christ and we say we know he is the Father, that's wonderful. And that belongs and is a revelation to the little children. As we see in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the Father. You know that Jesus is the Father. He has always been God and always will be God. No man has seen God at any time but the only begotten Son who's in the bosom of the Father he hath declared him. He's in the bosom of the Father. That is the image of the singular person of God, not a trinity, not a twoness, binary, not a oneness, where the man is not God but has God in him and as a mediator. We understand that our mediator, our intercessor, is the Spirit itself that maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered according to the will of God. Now, as we go into the revelation of Jesus that's given unto the servants of God. We see in Revelation 1 verse 1, it's not the revelation of the Antichrist, but the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those things that we've mentioned before in the podcast are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. We all understand that. But what are these things? The things that we will be revealed in the book of the Revelation is not Pentecostal in the season of Pentecost. It's a higher glory. It's a different season. And we understand that because John on the Isle of Patmos for the tribulation and persecution, their fellow uh, servant with us, for the testimony of Jesus, fellowship of the sufferings of Christ, the testimony of Jesus is why he's there. We see that, that revelation of Jesus, that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and it's come, the Almighty. He is the Almighty God. But that Almighty God, in order to redeem us that were under the law, had to come and under the law. He had to have a man. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know and understand that revelation of Christ that Christ is that spirit who beforehand talked about the sufferings of Christ. We first Peter one verse 10 and 11, that the old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that come to us searching what or what manner of time, the spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that spirit. He is that father of glory, the word, the Holy ghost. He's El Shaddai Elohim Jehovah. He is a tetragrammaton. He's the Yahweh. He's the Lord Jehovah. He is that spirit. That's the invisible spirit of God. It's omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Albeit, in order to work salvation for us that were under the law, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman, not saying the spirit of God, saying the spirit junior, come go down and die for the sin of the world. How did he send his son? He sent his word. The word then... Uh, was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, that Son of God has two components. It's the Father, 
the Spirit, the Word, that is made manifest in a body of flesh and blood. God manifests in the flesh. The mystery of godliness, which is 1 Timothy 3.16. Now, assuming we know that, and we are in that doctrine of Christ that we know that all the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the Spirit of Christ, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God Almighty, when it signified beforehand, when it testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ, not Christ Jr., not a different Christ, that Christ the Spirit is going to make himself a body of flesh and blood. And we see that in Isaiah 43.10. Now, as we go on in this, he said, Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me, and understand, understand the Godhead, that I am he, I, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and the servant, my servant, who, servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. The servant is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. And he said before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. He's the one and only Yaqui, the only unique begotten Son of God, the only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only begotten One. It's unique, solitary, never be another. He is God manifest in the flesh. Now, with that, the whole volume of the book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. From Genesis to Revelation, it's the body of there that the Lord has come to redeem us that were under the law to bring many sons unto glory. Now, the whole mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one in Christ. And Christ is that spirit that made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, humbled himself to the death, death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him. Just as Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up, John 2. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ, Acts 2, 36. All power in heaven and earth given unto him, the man Christ Jesus, Matthew 28, 18. He is a blessed and only potentate, the almighty God, 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Now, what is the work of the ministry? Not just the person knowing who he is, but the work. Well, we know that on the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John, they saw not only Jesus, but Moses and Elijah. We refer back to Malachi 4, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come, what's happening? What's the work? Well, he'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. That means that we need to take heed to the word of God and obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. And otherwise, the earth will be smitten with a curse. So the burden is on us. Any man say the burden of the Lord shall be cut off. The burden is on us. Now, the fathers, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers, is what we see in Moses and Elijah. Now, Moses did not do those works. It was Christ through Moses. We understand that because all the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Moses did not do the miracles. It was Christ in Moses that did them, the Lord of glory, in his power, 
told Moses what to do, and the Lord did it, destroying all the gods of Egypt in judgment miracles. There also in Elijah, the kingdom miracles that he did in restoration. It was not Elijah doing those. It was Christ in Elijah that did them. All the miracles that he did. We're going to see that we must see that ministry of Elijah. We must see the ministry of Moses. And uh, there on the Mount of Transfiguration, along with Jesus, Peter said, let us build here three sukkahs, three tabernacles, three booths. One for you, Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. Now, why would that have anything to do with us in this last day, time of tabernacles, when the Lord Jesus himself, in a time of great tribulation and trouble, evil upon the world, come for the salvation of his saints, the second advent? Well, because it pertains directly to us. Because uh, when he came down off that mount after they had seen Jesus only, it wasn't Moses doing the judgment miracles. It was Jesus only. It wasn't Elijah doing the kingdom miracles. It was Jesus only. And Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. It's the Father in me that's doing the works. The words that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth. How's this permanently in me? He's the one doing the works. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, those are redemption miracles, that he is the redemption, that he is the resurrection, and he is the life. Every miracle that he did showed that in the power and demonstration of the Father of glory, the kingdom of God. Now, why three on the Mount of Transfiguration? And why bring only three apostles? Peter, James, and John only, and not the other nine. Because it refers to the last day work of the ministry, not just Jesus and knowing his person, that he is the Father of glory. That's little children. But we have to grow up into him. So as we break it down, we're going to see that we must see Elijah. As Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, they see Jesus only. And the disciples ask him, why do the disciples of John, John the Baptist, say that Elijah must first come? Why are they saying that? Jesus said, stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. The restoration of all things, all things of faith. That's what Jesus told the disciples as he was going to the cross after they had walked with him three and a half years. He said, I have yet many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. It's a wrong season. There's a lot of growing to do. And up into him and all things, and that will requires diligently seeking the Lord God Almighty and finally the ultimate revelation of Jesus Christ there that we read in the last book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. It requires sealing. We see that in Revelation 7. And many say, well, you're sealed as soon as you believe. You're sealed as soon as you receive the Holy Ghost or whatever the case is. But if we're after the body of Christ has received the word of God, then we are sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. 
until we receive the promised possession. But there's different stages of growth going from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And that's key in understanding what John is stating in his epistle in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. It's not just one stage of growth and that's it. You grow from newborn babes. They desire then sincere miracle of the word they may grow thereby, but they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. We see that in Hebrews 5, Paul stating it. But then they grow into little children. They have a greater revelation. Well, now they're sealed again, just as you see in the high priesthood in Exodus 28. There's going to be three different engravings, the engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet, which is the seal or the sign. The first one will be according to the birth. And that's upon the onyx stones on thy high priest's shoulder, six tribes on each shoulder of the high priest. But then it doesn't stop there. Those stones are according to birth. Then we have diversity, the will of God. And that is in the breastplate of judgment. It's another engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet. There's a sign, a seal again. But it's according to the tribes. It's according to the work and its own different colored stones uh, that have the names of the tribes uh, of Israel written or engraved upon them. And we see in that first row, it goes to Judah as a car Zebulun. And that's the line of the tribe of Judah. And we go to the second row, Reuben, Simeon, Gad. And Reuben, there is the perfect man. There's the line, man, on the second row. Third row, we see Ephraim, Manasseh, Benoni, or Benjamin. That we see Ephraim, that's the ox, a suffering servant. Then we see on that last row, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali, which is uh, that final row of that eagle, lion, man, ox, and eagle. It shows the four faces of Jesus. The cherubim of glory. We're going to see there in the last days that, that visions of God when Ezekiel was 30 years old in the 30th year of Ezekiel, son of Buzi. What does he see? Visions of God, just like John saw on the Isle of Patmos. And Ezekiel, God will strengthen, strengthened of God. Ezekiel, same as Boaz, and it is strength. One of the pillars are the legs of Solomon's temple, which is the mobility, Yaking and Boaz. Yaking, there God will provide Boaz, and it is strength. Those are the two pillars or the legs uh, of that temple man of which temple we are, the body of Christ, Jesus the head, and we the body of the Christ. That is going to take the whole world, a stone hewn out of a mountain without hands, going to smite the image in the beast. And that's going to be the Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, and Rome, that man that stands up with 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, uh, there as an image to the beast that we see in Daniel 3. But we see that it has music but does not have the trumpet. How long will you make me hear the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war? How long will we hear the sound of the trumpet and uh, the feast of the Lord, the seasons of uh, God, in his divine appointments of God with man. 
the Moed, the feast of the Lord. This trumpet sound will be to all the body of Christ. God, who in sundry times and divers manners spaken to the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, who he has appointed heir of all things. That means each member of the body of Christ will know the voice of the Lord Jesus and prepare himself accordingly to do the will of God that he has been called for. He or she has been dealt to the measure of faith according to the ability that God giveth to do the member in particular of the will of God so the body can fitly be framed together and then compacted together for the every measure of every part. The measure is a measure of faith that God gives. Compacting is a ceiling that the devil can't get into through the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. These are the ones that will proclaim the everlasting gospel to all the world for witness in all nations. And then the end will come. This is before the second advent. It is counted for the seed that shall be counted for the generation. Well, in that coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples asked Jesus, why do the disciples of John the Baptist say that Elijah must first come? And Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, all things of faith. Why is that essential? Why is that necessary? Because Acts 3, 20 and 21, the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, the restoration of all things. And what are the things? Well, the thing that Jesus told his disciples as he was headed to Jerusalem. There he was going to be crucified, and he said, I have yet many things to tell you, disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. But the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he'll speak of me, for all that the Father's given is given unto me. That man will go back to his former glory with the Father's own self, glorified with the Father's own self with all power and all glory. And he says, He'll speak of me. The Holy Ghost will speak of me for the Father the Father's given is given unto me and he will show you things. Those are the things of faith which will come to pass. That is exactly what we're saying in Revelation 1 verse 1. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, the things of faith, which must shortly come to pass and signified it that's an engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet or signified by his angel unto John. Well, we go back to the king priesthood that we're called for and the priesthood that we see in Exodus 28. There's a sealing according to the birth. Then there's another engraving of an engraver of a signet according to the tribes. That's the will of God. Each tribe doing the will of God as it's fitly framed together. Then there's a final sealing, and that's an engraving of an engraver, the engraving of a signet, that's a sign a lot of, which is the high priest being sealed with that mitre, a golden plate, holiness unto the Lord, placed upon the forehead of the high priest. There is the same that will be indicative of the body of Christ being sealed in their foreheads and all truth. 
in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing that is critical for us to stand in the last days. There requires, and we have to see that there are levels of sealing, levels of glory, levels of faith to faith from glory to glory. Now, with that said, we know the person of Jesus, that he is the father, therefore we're little children. But we can't stand as little children. We must stand in the fullness and measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, not little children. And to do that, we go on to the next step. John states it in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you little children because the, your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've n- known the Father. You've known the Father that Jesus is the Father of glory. But then we go to the next step. I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you and you have overcome the wicked one. That's an overcomer. That's far higher and a higher glory than the little children, even though the little children are born again, but they have a higher revelation that Jesus is the Father. Well, the young men have a higher revelation in that they have the Word of God being strong in them. They sought the Lord diligently, and by doing so, they have, in obedience, overcome the wicked one. And that overcoming the world, the devil, and their own flesh, there have grown up, as an overcomer, we see in Revelation 2nd and the 3rd chapter. Now we go to the final stage. The final stage of glory, which they, that is the fathers. The fathers, he said, I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. You've known the word of God. You know past uh, eyes before in the back and eyes behind. That is past and present word of God, proceeding word of God, and knowing the cycles of truth. Those are the fathers. They know the work of the ministry, and they're proclaiming it there to the children, and the children's heart going back to that of the fathers that we see in Malachi 4. To understand that, Jesus stated that in in Matthew 17, also in Revelation, about the cherubim before the throne of God, lion, man, calf, and eagle. And these sing the song of the redeemed. They are the redeemed of the Lord. They're not angels. It's a higher level of glory in the body of Christ in fullness and measure of stature of Jesus Christ. Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, all things of faith. We see Moses doing judgment miracles. We see Elijah doing kingdom miracles and restoration. We see Jesus in the days of his flesh saying, Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. He did the miracles there that showed and revealed that he is the Father of glory, that he is the resurrection and the life. We will do all three in the last days. That's the reason why there were three on the Mount of Transfiguration, a mountain apart. And not all will see it. He only took three of the apostles up there with him, Peter, James, and John. Not all twelve. So it'll be a remnant of the church's seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus that will be used. Not the whole church, 
but the ones that go on into all truth and all things and all knowledge of the truth. And that is exactly what Jesus said. I have yet many things to tell you disciples, but you're not able to bear them now. Paul stating the same thing about the work of the cherubim of the redeemed of the Lord and the fullness of the measure of statue of Jesus in the last days. In Hebrews 9, verse 5, he said, The cherubim of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which now we can't speak particularly. We cannot speak particularly about it because it's in the Pentecost season. So we're going to see that it's only a remnant of the church that will go all the way in in the latter rain, not, and that new thing in the latter rain, that new wine not failing in her, but bringing it forth in obedience unto righteousness. It's not just knowing the person of Jesus, that he is the father of glory. That's little children. Now we go to the next step. Young men, the word of God is strong in them. They've overcome the wicked one. They know the will of God and they have done it. But then we go to that Elijah. When he said Elijah must truly first come and restore all things. He's got to restore all things of faith. Yes. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. The heavens must receive Jesus till the times of the restitution of all things. And it's given to us to know all things and we know all truth and no lies of the truth. So it's not perfection in the sweet by and by. It's now as we're led into all truth by the Holy Ghost. Now, what does it mean to us? We have to see in order to obtain that double portion of Elisha. El is salvation. Elohim is salvation. God is salvation. We have to see Elijah. Now, the person of Elijah, El-E-Yah, is simply Jehovah is Elohim. Yah is El. That is that Jesus is the Lord of glory. It's a one God revelation in his very name. That's the person. What's his work? Well, he's going to destroy the prophets of Baal on Carmel. As Elisha is called as a protege following Elijah, he goes through many different areas there that he must go through with Elijah. He goes through Gilgal, Golgol, that is indicative of the wheel. And then we go from the wheel to roll away, Golgol, then he goes to Bethel, house of God. Well, he's told then from Elijah to Elisha, tarry you here, stay here. No, as the Lord liveth and as I so liveth, I'm following you. He's going all the way. He's not stopping as a newborn baby. He's not stopping as a little child, knowing that Jesus is the Father. He's going all the way. He's not going to stop. Then he goes to Jericho. It's months, it's fragrance. And as they go to Jericho, Elijah says again to Elisha, tarry you here, wait. No, as the Lord liveth and as I so liveth, I'm with you. He's going all the way. You have to have that desire and understand. We have to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, unto perfection. And that means full grown, weaned from the milk and a full age, having our senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. Well, then there's one more step. Elijah says, we're going to Jordan. As he goes over Jordan, he takes his mantle and smites that 
river and it parts on both sides and went over dry shod. Because Elisha stayed all the way in the fullness of it, and from Gilgal to Bethel of Jericho to Jordan, he said, what do you want? He said, I want a double portion of everything you've got. I want a double portion of your spirit, the spirit of Elijah. He said, you ask a hard thing. Now, this is another hard thing. It's a thing of faith. Jesus spoke these things, and they said, that you, ask, you say a hard thing, Jesus. You must eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. You have no life. And 70 went away. He said, this is too hard a thing. Well, it's the final consummation of all things and growing up in the end. And this truth, and that is given to us and know all truth, not in the sweet by and by, but now. So Elijah says, Elisha, if you see me, you have the revelation of it. You see it with your own eyes. If you see me go up, then you'll have what you've asked for. But if not, you won't have it. Same way with the church. If we see this ministry of Elijah, and understand that it's the body of Christ coming into all true, then we'll have it. And that requires obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now notice when it was time for the whirlwind to take Elijah up into heaven. The deep calleth unto the deep. Now the deep, God Almighty, and that crystal sea in the knowledge of the God Call unto the deep, the deep that's within man, his spirit. And it calls unto the deep. And he answers by the water spouts. That is a whirlwind of truth, a whirlwind of water. Well, it has to go up. Elijah must go up. And when he sees the whirlwind that takes Elijah up into heaven, he says, my father My father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Now, what is meant by that? My father, that's full grown. My father, my father. That's the indicative of the last day work of the ministry in the fullest measure statue of Jesus Christ in all truth. And that's the reason Jesus said Elijah must truly first come and restore all things. A restoration. And that is the ministry of Elijah that was revealed in John the Baptist. John the Baptist did no mighty miracles, but he was a forerunner as a voice crying out of the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord. There John forerun Jesus' first coming. The Hamashiach men Yosef, the suffering Messiah. But Jesus is coming back this time, not as a suffering Messiah, but as the King of kings and Lord of lords, as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the wrath of the Lamb, showing forth his glory that he is the Father. Therefore, John will again forerun Jesus' second coming in the latter reign. What is that? Well, it's in the spirit of Elijah. And John is that beloved disciple, not John the Baptist, but John, as we see in Revelation 10, that John was to eat the little book and eat all of it. 
It'll be sweet to his mouth as honey, bitter to his belly. We see the same thing in Ezekiel 2, Ezekiel 3, the voice of a host, the voice of a multitude, the voice of many waters. That's the truth of God as the voice of the Almighty. It's the body of Christ in the full truth and revelation of Jesus Christ. John then, after he eats that little book, it's sweet to his mouth as honey, the revelation of the word. It's bitter to his belly. Why is that? Because of the sufferings that, that in the word of God and for the cause of Christ. And then he's told, John, you must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. That's the body of Christ. It's not John literally coming back, raised from the dead, and preaching the gospel to all the world. It's the body of Christ. Prophesying again before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. And that is John, the body of Christ. In the spirit of Elijah, which is Christ. It's not Elijah. It's the Christ uh, that was in Elijah. It's Christ in the Moses, the prophet. It's Christ uh, that Jesus is that Christ that did the, the miracle showing that he is the resurrection and the life. And the body of Christ will be doing all three of these uh, in the last day, latter reign of the Holy Ghost. To understand that, we have to see what happens then to Elisha. Elijah, Elohim is Jehovah, Jehovah is Elohim, one God message. The person that Jesus Christ is, God Almighty. But then we go to Elisha, and that is Elohim, or El, God is salvation. And he works double miracles, a double portion of uh, the spirit of Elijah. Now we're going to point out as soon as this happens, we find that in Second uh, Kings, the second chapter, that whenever he comes across the Jordan River, Elisha takes the mantle of Elijah as the body of Christ will do in the last days and smites that river Jordan with the mantle that, in other words, the anointing of Elijah. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the Jordan River opens and divides. And when we see that the sons of the prophets come back and say, We're, let's send and see if we can find Elijah. Let us go. After they, Elisha says no, and they keep urging him, and he finally says, go ahead and send. And after three days, they did, and could not find Elijah. Now, the land's barren. It'll be a time when the word of God, uh, not a famine of food, but a famine of the word of God. First thing we see is a famine. And we see that in verse 19, and that's 2 Kings, the second chapter, verse 19. The men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. No truth, no waters of truth. The land being utterly desolate. A time of the famine of the word of God. Well, those that have an ear to hear, let them hear. Let those that have eyes to see, to see what the Spirit is doing here. First thing, it's a time that there must be truth going all over the earth. 
in this last day revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, he said, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. Now, why a cruise? Well, a cruise we must have and become not an old cruise, not an old wineskin, but a new wineskin. We can't take the old. We have to put the new wine in new wineskins, and thereby both are preserved. It's a new thing that God is doing. It's a change from Elijah to Elisha. It's a double portion. It's the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, not the former, but the latter. And he says, that's that new cruise, and take that, and take that new cruise, and put salt in it. Now, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, a city set upon a hill that cannot be hid. But if the salt has lost its savor, if you've lost the truth and an obedience unto righteousness, then it's not good for anything except for the dunghill. It's lost its savor. Wherewith shall it be salted? The preservation, the word of God. Well, you put a new cruise and put salt in it. That's the new thing, the new wine and new wineskins in the body of Christ. And they brought it to him. And he went forth into the spring of the waters. This is springing forth and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. Or barren land is written in the italics, not an original manuscript, because now the land is going to have the fruitful word of God going all through it in the gospel of Jesus Christ being taken to all the world for witness unto all nations. And this is done in the new thing, in the new cruise with the salt in it. But notice that the very next thing is that the children are going to come against it. We find that he goes from there back to Bethel, the house of God. And as he was going up, by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, out of Bethel. And they mocked the man of God. What, why did they mock him? Because they did not believe in this ministry of a double portion. That is the new thing that God's doing in the last days. They're children, but they don't go on up into that revelation of Christ as young men or fathers. They don't think it's necessary. Well, we've got the word of God. We've got heaven made. We don't need to go any higher. We're newborn babes. We desire that Cecile Merkel the word, and now we know that he is the father, so that's all we need. Not understanding there's a work of the ministry that we're called for. And because of that, they mock the man of God. They mock the body of Christ that's coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus, in the new thing, in new wine, in the new wineskin. They mock it and say, go up, thou bald head. Go up, thou bald head, making fun of it. And this is just the beginning of the Elisha ministry and the spirit of Elijah and the, and the restoration of all things and all truth and the new thing God's doing now, preparing for it now to those that have an ear to hear. Africa, 
Right now, we have an influx of so many ministers, I can't get them to them, get all of them, and same way with India. They're receiving the word of God and will be a spearhead in the move of God in the truth. It's already written. It will be done. That, that is determined will be done. They're receiving the word of God. Now, others are sitting here, listen to it, and well, they're kind of in the habitual uh, uh, worship service they've already done, go to their chain church and go through the formality they go through, not realizing God's doing a new thing. And there is where it will pass them on by. You have to act. You can't just sit back and say, well, I believe it, but you don't literally work in it. You just sit back and say, well, I know God will do it and whatever he, he does it and it's written on my wall in my house and I will receive it. No. You have to diligently seek the Lord your God. You have to eat that word of God diligently and then believe it when he reveals it to you and act on it in faith. By, by not doing it, you let it pass you on by. And were you thanking God for the amount of the ministers that are coming in in Africa and India because they've heard it, believed it, and are now walking in the light of it and feeling the glory of it in the power and demonstration power of the Holy Ghost. They're taking villages now that have never been evangelized before with the word of God. It's not of any revelation given to us for any of our righteousness or our holiness. It's the word of God. But if a season has changed, we have to walk in that light as he's in the light or it passes us on by. Well, that's what happened here. They're little children. They're not newborn babes. They're little children. And they know that he's the father. They just do not believe there's a new cruise. The salt is put into it. The water's there in the land. There's no more death in the land. It's not barren now. There's a word of God going forth. In the fullness and demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost, not in enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost in the new thing, the new wine, the new wineskin that the body of Christ has made themselves to be. Well, the little children say, no, we don't need it. God is not going to perfect us on this side. We don't have to know any more of the word of God. We're going to be happy with what we've got, and we're going to make heaven the way we are. And go up thou ball head, go up thou ball head. Now notice what Elisha does. It's by the word of God, this proceeding word of God, as the fire cometh out of their mouth in Revelation 11, that all those uh, that are killed in this manner, not with any kind of weaponry, a carnality, a carnal weapon of, of guns or violence, but the word of God, God himself backing up his word in judgment. Now, all God's ways are perfect and all God's ways are judgment, and he's going to reveal that this is the word of God in demonstration of the power of his spirit that he's doing it. So what happens? Well, we see there that Elijah turned back and looked on them. He looked on these little children and cursed them in the name of the Lord. Why? He cannot back up on the truth that he has been given, seeing the truth of Elijah. He's seeing my father, my father, the chariots of Israel, the horsemen thereof. He can't back up on that. He can't turn back to the little children and say, well, it's not necessary. Even though he's being mocked, he cannot go back. They can't leave off the rooftop 
and go down to take anything out of your house. The rooftop is the booth. It is the season of tabernacles. You can't go down and take anything out of your house there. You're going back. You're going backward. You're backsliding. You're on the rooftop now, the Sukkoth in tabernacles, the new season. That's the reason why it's, it's got the, uh, the palm trees upon the roof. You're in a different season. You can't go back and take anything down off your housetop. Elisha cannot go back to these little children. It's a new thing. It's a new cruise. It's been the salt in it. There's no death in the earth now. The, the earth there is bringing forth this gospel of Jesus Christ to all that will hear. Well, what happens? Well, you break down a wall. Immediately a bear will meet you. That is, you break that door down, a serpent will bite you. Immediately. You break down the wall, the wall of salvation. Immediately a bear will be will meet you. Those are spirits that will take you over seducing spirits and doctrines of the devils. They'll destroy you. You have to walk in the light as he's in the light and walk softly, being broken, humble, and contrite. Not attacking the anointed of God, the body of Christ in truth. Somebody said, well, I don't understand it all. Well, then just be silent. Put it on the shelf. Seek God till you know that you know that it is the truth and then, then do accordingly. But it is a fool that immediately curses the work of God simply because he doesn't agree with it or doesn't see it or doesn't understand it. And that's what these little children did. They were children. They were in Bethel. These aren't unbelievers. They're believers that wouldn't go in. They're from Bethel. That's children in Bethel in the house of God. It's indicative of what will happen in there, the ones that will not go in to the present truth and the preceding word of God. Man will live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, Elisha has no choice. He has to stand for that truth and can't back up on it. He turns back and he curses them in the name of the Lord. By doing so, two she-bears come out. Why? Because you break down a wall, a bear is going to, to meet you. And it's going to tear you asunder. And we see there, and there came forth two she-bears out of the wood. That means out of, uh, we have the, the wood speaking of the natural revelation of man, not overlaid with gold. There's no glory there out of the wood, out of their own. And because of that, and tear 40 and two children of them. Oh, my goodness. 42 times times a half, three and a half years of the work of the ministry. 42 has a very significant number in the work of the ministry because it will be for 42 months in Revelation 11. We find a time times a half, three and a half years and 42 months of that witness of Jesus and the two servants of God, the two witnesses there in the spirit of Moses and Elijah, just as he said in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration in the Feast of Tabernacles, not Pentecost. Pentecostals that come against the tabernacle move of God in the last days will be destroyed. It's that serious. It is that serious. Let us seek the Lord God and know. And where does get more to Elisha go there? He goes right back to Carmel, right? Where Elijah had been there with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove, he goes back to Carmel. It teaches us that when we have the truth of the word of God, that we don't back up on it, but the ones that do not understand it, 
and come against the proceeding word of God will be destroyed. They're little children. They knew that he's the father. There in Bethel, they were followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. They just did not believe they were going into a higher level of glory, a new cruise, and saw therein they didn't believe it. And because of that, it cost them their souls. Let's don't be like that. Let's provoke unto good works. Let's walk in the light as he's in the light. For children of the day, not of the night, that that day should take us unawares. Well, if the Holy Ghost is bear witness with your spirit and the word of God, uh, then we'd like to meet you. We'd like to work together with you in the ministry. You can give me a call. Uh, there, the country code is 1 plus 903-746-4885. And leave a message there and I'll get back to you. We're having a lot of many phone calls. The minister's coming into uh, this present truth. We're not a church. We are a traveling ministry, an outreach, and our ministry team, and we're there as servants to help you, assist you in this outreach of, of the work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. Again, you can give us a call, 1 plus 903-746-4885. You can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606 or visit our websites sailinggodspeople.org sailinggodspeople.com or dennisbeard.org thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings for buying keep the podcast coming to you over the very social media sites until the next time brother dennis beard saying behold the real jesus